Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Wide Men Can Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network, located at blogtalkradio.com slash Jump. We're brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New, wowfreecam.com, and facebook.com slash makeupkennedy. You can check us out anywhere and everywhere you find podcasts. Now, for the hosts of your flagship program, here's Tom Robinson and Nate Bush. Guys, this holiday season, how about giving your wife or girlfriend something totally different? Something romantic that celebrates the unique connection between you and her. I'm talking about a luxury gift service called Enclosed that delivers the entire month lady month after month. Enclosed is like a flower a month, beer a month, but instead of flowers, she gets surprised with ultra high lingerie. And this is seriously high stuff, guys. Are some kind of quality that really like Enclosed is designed specifically to help guys find gifts for their wives. Enclosed is all about helping you make her happy. Enclosed is every, every month. They pack them 100% size guarantee where you never have to worry about the fit. You can join more than 30,000 couples that love Enclosed, and I'll give you a little gift right now. You can get $25 off your enclosed gift. Just go to theenclosed.com and enter code WIDE at checkout to get $25 off your enclosed gift. Why not give your wife something that really reflects and deepens the connection between the two of you? Something that you would never, ever give your mother. That's enclosed.theenclosed.com with code WIDE for $25 off the best gift ever. That's theenclosed.com bringing you... Today, Wide Men Can't Jump. It's episode 54. Nate is in the house. And joining me tonight, Mr. Tim Dombrova from the Great White North. What's up, Tim? Good day, sir. How are things down in good old West Virginia? Starting to cool off a little bit. But other than that, not too bad. We're not upset down here. But uh, good, living good. the getting ready for the Getting ready for the turkey? Oh, yeah. Excited for the turkey. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there. This is our Thanksgiving coast-to-coast episode. So um, Tom Robinson has been, uh, he is a little a little busy this holiday season. The work calls, so you know how that goes. You got to do the, the shoot job first. We've always said that, but we are thinking about Tom here this holiday season, and he will be back soon. Hopefully, work doesn't kill him over the next couple of months. Right. I know it's going to be a time for him. I am more than prepared to take Tom's place in butchering that turkey, Mark Elfaltz. <laughs> well, uh, let's go ahead and, and talk about that since we're already here. Mark Elfaltz uh, recently diagnosed with more shoulder issues and is taking some time away from the team. And I had a chance to talk to Tom Moore from the Bucks Counter Courier Times, and you'll hear that talk a little later. We talk about Markel Fultz. We talk about the Jimmy Butler trade. We talk about a lot. But, Tim, you saw an interesting article earlier that you were tra- you were going to tell me about, but I told you to save it until we got on the air. So why don't you go yeah. ahead and fill us in. Well, we got this uh, friend of the show, John McAdam, posted an article on the uh, good old Facebook page 
from uh, Sports Illustrated. And uh, what it basically, this is quite a convoluted mess. Uh, to break her down from what I could gather, first of all, the 76ers did not know that Markel Fultz was hurt. Mm-hmm. Doctor, he is, the doctor he is seeing is not theirs. He is exercising his right under the uh, a player agreement to see his own physician. Then he is also now so so that's a little weird that uh, they're asked that shoot around well what's up with Fultz and and the coach says what do you mean what's up with him I didn't even know he was hurt. To which they reply well didn't you see this? To which he replies no I was unaware. Now how you can't not know that or why they're not why Fultz's camp is not telling the 76ers that that's your first question. But then you continue to read the article. There has been some suggestions that his shoulder injury is a result of a motorcycle accident that he was involved really? in back in back in 2017. Oh. So, so to take that scenario even further, as I understand it, Fultz has lawyered up in case oh. the team has uh, plans of getting rid of him based on his injuries. But guess who his lawyer is? His lawyer is also his agent, isn't it? His lawyer is also his agent. How convenient. It is. Wow. So now you've got Markel Fultz who claims he, he, or well doesn't claim, is basically kind of saying that perhaps um, the reason I'm hurt and can't play well is because your doctors haven't been looking after me properly. So I'm going to seek out my own, and just in case, as a preemptive strike, I'm lawyering up. Um, that does not insane. sound good. No, that does not sound no, good in any way, man. shape, or form. Um, the article is there in its entirety. I may have missed a point or two, but that's the gist of it. Um, yeah, that. If I was the Seventy Sixers, I'd be trying to figure out whatever way I could possibly get rid of this guy because this is going to turn into a. It's a big enough gong show there already. It's going to turn into a bigger one if that is imaginable. Yeah. Apparently tonight the Sixers were playing and Elton Brand was was nearby. So it wasn't like Elton Brand was hiding, you know, GM, he was there and according to Kyle Newbeck, who is a 76ers uh reporter for the Philly Voice, um there was a loud fan in the section next to him yelling at Elton Brand who was in the in front of the media section and said, "Hey Elton Brand, it's time to trade Fultz. So even even the Philadelphia fans are now starting to. It wasn't uh, it wasn't Enzo Amore by any chance. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't teach that, but uh, apparently you can't, teach that. Yeah. you can't. But you can teach security to drag your ass out. Anyway, what an idiot. but anyway, yep. Moving on. So yeah, so so big 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 question marks there. I mean, that's a whole lot of questions without. Um, any answers, really, so we'll have to see how that uh, plays out. Yeah, that's an interesting situation, but you'll get a little more on that situation when you hear my conversation that I had with one, Tom Moore, from the Bucks Counter Courier Times a little bit later in the show. But before we get to my conversations you know, that I had the other day, let's talk a little, almost kind of around the league in a way, um, Kimball Walker the other night, speaking of the 76ers, Kimball Walker has been one of the biggest 
names thrown around over the past few years in terms of free agency. The, it seems like everybody in the league has uh, has wrote him out of Charlotte, but yet he's still in Charlotte, still playing. And the Hornets are kind of a silent threat this year, um, if I can put it that way. Right now, they're sitting at number seven in the East. They're eight and eight. Tonight, they're playing the Indiana Pacers. Um, and I'm looking at this this Hornets team, and they added Miles Bridges in the draft, who I wasn't wild about. Uh, they've still got Devontae Graham. They've got Jeremy Lamb, Malik Monk. Uh, but Kimball Walker's the guy there. And Tony Parker's backing him up. Listen to this. Kimball Walker is currently averaging 29.6 points a game. That well, is 10.3. Uh, throwing down 60, up. though, that'll, that'll, that'll really help but, the average out, though, this early. Not only did he have 60 the other night, he had 60 the other night in a loss, by the way. They lost by three when he had 60. And the, to follow it up two nights later against Boston, he has 43. So the dude is just playing <sighs> unreal. Where do you think you got to be or are when you throw down 60 and your team loses? Well, they lose on a Jimmy Butler three, which went right in uh, defender for the Sixers' eyeball. I mean, do you you revel in the fact that that you got the 60 and take the personal accolade and and soak up some some adulation, or are you just cheesed that your 60 was wasted? I mean... (laughs) I think you got to be upset. I mean, if you put up 60 points, if one guy can put up 60 points, don't you think you're going to win that game? One would suspect you would think? that would, the law of averages would be on your side there, one would think. You would think uh, that, but, but again... You know, I don't know. I mean, I'd have to look that up, but uh, it seems like a, a, you know... I mean, let's put it this way. If that was LeBron James and he threw up 60 and his team lost, there'd be an article about, you know, team's got to help LeBron, <laughs> right? I've or, noticed or, you know, that whatever a bigger, a bigger name, you know, if, if Steph Curry throws up sixty, somebody and and they lose, there's going to be a, a reporter saying, "Hey, this is nonsense." Why? Where were well, the other I've four guys? A, I've heard a lot over the years about it. it. Doesn't matter what LeBron does; it's any time they lose, it's never his fault. So, I'd like to I'd like something. to add that uh, as far as LeBron goes, because you know, uh, since LeBron has went to L.A., just don't hear that uh-huh. much about him because it's all West Coast time stuff. And you don't. Yeah. He's not in the press as much as he used to be. You know, you don't hear every time. Well, you got to remember they're also not. They're also not at the top of the Western Conference right now. Also, so true, that's, not, that's as a, re- not as relevant as they once were. I was going to tell you. You said the Charlotte Hornets were. Uh, you said Charlotte was a silent threat. Is that what you said? Yeah, I would think so. So they're a bit like uh, they're a bit like Tom Robinson after. Uh, Full turkey dinner tomorrow could be a silent threat, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> well, I mean, well, I mean that goes for all of us, but <laughs> uh, yeah, just thought I'd uh, I'd mention. I'll, I'll mention tell you that. this, Tim. I, I googled it really quick. Um, Devin Booker scored seventy one time in a game in 2017. So last season, Devin Booker uh, scored seventy. It was the 11th highest score. For one player, or, or no, excuse me, it's the eleventh uh, game in history in which a single player scored seventy and they lost. I mean, I can safely say from my era, if Larry Bird or Michael Jordan had to drop sixty points, and the Bulls and/or Celtics would have lost the game, Larry and/or Michael would have had a speech to give when that thing was over, and it wouldn't have been a good one. 
Let me see what I can find here. I'm, I'm actually, you've got me intrigued now, so now I want to see this. Uh, we got. I don't imagine the game. Bulls wasted very many 60-point Michael Jordan games. I, I would say not, but again, that's uh That's the, bull, that's also kind of that's a, the Bulls, mind you, too. So that's a little, it's a little bit different. Um, a little bit. Let's see here. Of course, Wilt Chamberlain's at the top of the 100. But the top-scoring guy in a loss, believe it or not, was Wilt Chamberlain. Will Chamberlain scored seventy-eight points in a loss to the Los yeah, okay, Angeles Lakers. Wilt's probably going to blame that on four short white guys. Possibly, uh, David More Thompson likely. scored. David Thompson once scored seventy-three points in a loss to the Detroit Pistons. Wilt Chamberlain yet again scored seventy-two in a loss to the Los Angeles Lakers. Wilt Chamberlain yet again. Scored, scored 70 points. That's a theme here, Nate. Yeah, so, so do I. Devin Booker scored 70 in the loss to the Celtics. Let's see who else we got here. A lot of Wilt Chamberlain on this. Uh, Wilt Chamberlain okay, scored but, but those were all Wilt Chamberlain pre-Sixers, right? No, most of these were for the Philadelphia Warriors. Before oh, those the were Sixers for, okay, well, was, oh, well, they were not that very good when he first went there, or? I'm I mean, really, he's putting uh, up 67 points and losing. My God. Apparently not. The uh, scoring line here is ridiculous. Nobody told uh, me Will that Michael Fultz Sr. played for the Sixers back in the day. <laughs> Wilt Chamberlain scored 67 in a loss. Wilt Chamberlain scored 67 in a loss. Wilt Chamberlain scored 65 in a poor loss. man. <laughs> I no never knew this. In order to be crusty right. these days. I don't blame him. Michael Jordan yeah, scored 64 well. points. Michael Jordan did score 64 points in a loss to the Orlando Magic. So there's one. Huh. So far, we've got a All bunch right. of Wilt Chamberlain, Devin Booker, and Michael Jordan. <laughs> Poor Wilt. No wonder. Yeah, well, that explains a few things, but modern era, you nuts. don't see that often. Wilt Chamberlain scored 63 in a loss. <laughs> This is funny. Actually. Will Chamberlain ever score by any chance when the when the when the when his team was victorious? Yes, <laughs> quite a few times. Did he actually. ever drop any big numbers, or maybe he was 100. a ball hog or something? You know, only he got score hundred points, points but but uh, was you know only shot thirty percent from the field and only got sixty seven points. Sixty two points. Will Chamberlain scored in a loss. Michael Jordan scored sixty three in a loss. Uh, George Gervin actually scored 63 in a loss. And George Gervin's loss is impressive. George Gervin's team lost by 21 points, and he had 63 points. There's got to be a – well, that wouldn't be – I don't know where you'd look that up. There's got to be a Washington general that scored 60 points in a loss to the Globetrotters somewhere along the line. Maybe. Uh, Wilt Chamberlain yet again scored 61 in a loss. Jeez, man. Okay, so it happens uh, a little bit more frequently than than I would have thought. But if you throw Chamberlain out of there, it barely happened at all. You know, Michael Jordan three four times, three times, three times. Michael Jordan and let's see, anybody else? Uh, Bernard King scored sixty in a loss, and Kimball Walker the other night. Yeah, well now you have, now point. you'd have to correlate that against the list of how many guys have actually scored sixty, because that list probably is not that long either. I wouldn't think. Uh, actually, there's quite a bit. I'm, I'm actually, uh, 
there's more than what you would think. Because I've got a list here of every player that scored 60 points I guess points there's been a game. lot of, you know, every year the, the great teams get to play the bad teams and somebody's going to throw up some big numbers. It's going to happen. So, But still, uh, you got to feel for the guy. You know, good thing he uh, it wasn't Kevin Durant is all I can say. Hold on just a second. I'm counting. Oh. <laughs> All right, Will Chamberlain scored over Will Chamberlain scored over 60 points 32 times in his career. Good lord. Yeah. <laughs> Think about that for a second. Well, I mean earlier on in his career though, he was basically unmatched. Well, I mean, you they, you, really they had to change the rules for the guy. Yeah, I mean, there really wasn't anything to stop him from standing there and, and dropping the ball in the hoop. I mean, not taking anything away from Will Chamberlain, but. Yeah, I mean, Will Chamberlain was, they had to change the rules for the guy, and he was just an impressive force. Let's, let's just be glad that it wasn't Kevin Durant's and his 60 points. Our things could have gotten nasty. <laughs> yeah, really. And, we're, and you're going to hear more about that life. Or that life, excuse me. Yeah, that life. You're going to hear more about that in the conversation I had with the with the uh, yeah, Warriors. Something, something, something going on in Warriorville there. I don't know what, but something. So it'll be interesting to hear that uh, insider you info. Know, yeah, we're going to talk more about that. But Kimball Walker's also been um, apparently, if you if you speak of the, the Hornets, the Hornets have been involved in a mention of trade talks because. Folks, it is not pretty in Washington right now. <laughs> so the Washington Wizards, apparently there was a big uh, coming-to-Jesus moment, as you would say. Uh, Scott Brooks, the coach of the Wizards, uh, not looking good for him. He's pretty much lost the team now. Um, the other day, apparently he wanted them to be more intense in practice. He was asking them to play harder in practice. And uh, apparently, I, I believe it was John Wall told him, hey, fuck you. Uh, so, and Bradley Beal came out. Bradley Beal came out and said that uh, he has been dealing with this shit for seven years. Now there is dysfunction in Washington, and they're not getting the job done. The the Wizards have a plethora of contracts of of highly highly paid and talented players, but it's just not working. They're tenth in the West right or in the West in the East right now. They're six and eleven, and Apparently, everybody is available. They've made everyone available oh, um, for trade. I smell a I smell a Markel Fultz for Bradley Beal deal in the works. If if they do that, God so help me. <laughs> but apparently, in um, in Charlotte, there has been a lot of talk about the fact that you're seeing the Hornets are are, are basically thinking they want to make a move. They want to. Okay, well, is Charlotte? Is, that's from, that's J.R. Smith we're talking about here. No, 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 no. That's Cleveland. We'll get to that. We'll get to oh, okay. that. Okay, I was wondering about that one. Charlotte. Okay, sorry. Charlotte is uh, according to the who, report. Who, who is Charlotte? Who is in the doghouse there? Charlotte. Uh, well, they're not winning, so they're talking about making a move here. Uh, if I can find, I, I saw the report. The, the Hornets have been active in trade talks. And this is from NBA Quick Report on Twitter. They've been active in trade talks with Washington uh, for Bradley Beal. The trade would include 
uh, Nick Batum, Marvin Williams, and draft picks. So apparently you're looking at um, you're looking at a Warriors team that's ready to blow the team up per se. They're getting rid of a lot of the guys who it's just dysfunction there. They don't have a lot in terms of big uh, big guys underneath. They've really struggled this season so far. But uh, the Hornets, to me, if they get Beal. To me, that doesn't make them better, per se. I think the Hornets will become a team that's like, okay, yeah, they, they've got pieces. Kimba and Beal's a nice combo. I guess they really like Miles Bridges. I'm just not sold on him yet. Um, they're just going to be lacking big guys. Uh, they don't have a lot of bigs in Charlotte. I mean, they got one of the Zellers. and I mean, I just don't understand. That trade, well, to me... Won't benefit them in the most. They they do they have Kaminsky, they still have Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Uh, they'll be very guard heavy. They'll have Malik Monk, Tony Parker, Kimball Walker, Bradley Beal. If that trade goes down, you get rid of Williams, you get rid of Batum's bad contract. But at the same time, now you you're stuck with Bismack Biombo, Frank Kaminsky, and Cody Zeller. And that to me, that's just not going to get it done. I mean, the the league has become a. I mean, it has basically. Let's be honest. It's uh let us rain threes down upon the the basket and hope for the best. Um, That's true. To some degree, anyway. Uh, you'd think somebody would get smart and, and go back to the, you know, the, the Shaq kind of player who is under the basket, and you, if you're going to touch the ball underneath there, you are going to – you're going to either have to earn it, which against Shaq was nearly impossible, at least in his prime anyway, or you're going to pay to uh, get it back. I, I, I Tom Robinson complains about this all the time, and I don't watch a lot of basketball, but I do watch some. And he is right. Uh, the inability, like when did offensive rebounding become not part of basketball? Where a guy throws yeah, up the three and there's there's two guys from the, the defending team under the basket and not another guy in sight. It's almost like they're just like, okay, if this goes in, wonderful. And if it doesn't, well, we're we're ready to play D. Well, the NBA is it, it is a thing that you will see a lot of. You're you're seeing guys. You need to get at least the two guards. The two guards need to go back in case of a fast break opportunity. But you don't Fair see enough, guys crashing the. And, and I agree. Nobody you don't see nobody guys follows the their boards. nobody even follows their own shot anymore. Yeah, and, down there yeah, and look at watch it. Yeah, that's that's an issue because if you ever play any kind of pickup ball or you know if you're coaching at a young age and your your coaches the first thing they tell you you shoot the ball follow your shot in case you miss it get your rebound. Uh, boxing <laughs> I mean, out is to, a thing of the past anymore. You don't see a lot of boxing out. Do we have to out. institute the uh, the much talked about George Carlin rule where he said he in the last two minutes of the game he'd any ball that can go after a guy under off a guy's head standing in the key is worth ten points. He said you'd see some really tight, <laughs> some really tight muscled games under the boards then. <laughs> yeah, for real. But um, it, it is interesting to see that you know rebounding now it's just become the NBA's become almost like a three point contest in a way. But well, that used to be a badge of honor. I mean, there was guys who like Rodman who basically made their careers out of doing that. He wasn't really. Yeah. That, I mean, he was a pretty good defender, but he wasn't much of anything else. But he could. Re, he, I mean, he rebounded at both ends of the floor like a crazy man. And you'd think you'd want the ball back. 
Like that seems logical, does it not? Yeah, it does. You it's know? just it's a lot of work. And there's and of course, you know, you're gonna get stars in the league who, you know, I, that's not what yeah, I, I do. Say, and, does that does that say something about the quality of athlete slash um or does that maybe tie into uh the whole I you know, I want my money. I wanna do as little as possible I, to get I'm gonna, it. I, I'm gonna play devil's advocate here on this one. Um while I do agree Let's look at it from the other side here. If you're looking at offensive rebounding and you're looking at guys getting in position for offensive rebounding, most of the time on three-point shots especially, um, you're not going to be in a great position to rebound anyway. So a lot of them kind of retreat back to get on defense because, because a lot of teams now, teams run more now. And they they force the issue. There's not that's a lot of true. slowdown play anymore. So I, I again, again say, that's I would, devil's advocate. Yeah, I would argue that there's at least a part of it though, is that players don't have the uh, back in the day. And I hate to go back to that back in the day thing, but it's true. Guys would play <laughs> hurt because they wanted on. to because they wanted to <laughs> win and be damned the cost. I'll worry about the cost. You know, look at guys like, um, uh, what's his name? Not not Bird, but uh, uh, Kevin McHale. Uh, guys like that from the Celtics that can barely walk. His feet are so messed up. And you know, nonsense like that. And, you know, you, you, hear, you hear about them. Oh, yeah, he played in the playoffs for, you know, he played 14 games in the playoffs with a broken foot and nonsense like this and because they wanted to win. And to hell with the and I, I really think that today's athlete, not just NBA, but everywhere, um, it's become it's a business. They're a commodity in a well, business and and rightfully so to some degree that they they want to make their money and if they win some championships that's all well and good. But if they don't, yeah, as long as we got our bank, we're we're pretty content with that and, and I get that on some level. Although I'd would yeah, like to see I'd like to see a little more uh, feistiness in the NBA like it once was. Well, again, that's a thing that you can see, but at the same time, if you get too much going, like in the old days, you watch some of the old, uh, you know, guys bumping into each other, brawl and, and, and things like that, you used to see those things, and when you do... Now, like that, would you'd end up with a situation like what happened in uh, Detroit during the malice at the palace, and this was a huge black eye for the NBA, you know? Well, everything everything has changed too. I mean, the get the rules of the game don't allow it. Um, like yeah. you can't you can't contest uh, a shot underneath the basket like you once could. Good lord, there would be you'd get a you know a, what is it. I don't even know what they call it now, but uh, you get fragrant fouled, and you probably you'd probably be out of the game. I mean, I've yeah, I mean, they'll throw something. you out of the game, and then that costs you money, and then you and cost, the team, and nobody wants. Yeah, that and you could end up losing games because of it. And you've got a, a lot more team owners too. I don't think are that interested in winning, per se. They would like to win, but the bottom line is 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 as important or more important than than what goes on on the court for a lot of them because it's a business. It's not a love of, of sport as much as it once was. And that's yeah. fine, too, because that's how everything is. So just just making a comment. No, that's fine. That's fine. But uh, screw, 
Screw you brought it up earlier. Let's go ahead and, and get to it here. Uh, another news bulletin here, if you haven't been keeping up, J.R. Smith. J.R. Smith is about to be out of Cleveland. The team has said that they have sent him home. He won't be any – he won't be competing with he the team anymore this season. He will not participate in any team, any team yeah. anythings. <laughs> no, they're, they're, you Whatever won't see J.R. Smith in, in a Cavs uniform anymore. He's pretty much done uh, for the year with Cleveland. So they will be looking to move him. Where he goes, we're not sure. But, man, the Cleveland Cavaliers is, won two uh, games. And was they he are in Cleveland bad. when LeBron was there? Oh, yeah, he was. He was there. Okay, so how how does LeBron feel about J.R. Smith? Are they on good terms? I don't know. know? Uh, not, not, not on bad terms as far as anybody knows. Maybe J.R. needs I, to I don't know. Actually, and... LeBron, LeBron returned to Cleveland tonight for the first time since he left. Uh, so that, that's got to be interesting. Him, I heard. Yeah, really. Um, <laughs> so LeBron comes out in Cleveland, and the, the Cavaliers are so bad. And I don't want to toot my own horn, but who oh, said but in the off season? I'm, I'm going to. Uh, yeah, I'm <laughs> Who said in the off season that Cleveland was going to be one of the bottom four teams in the East? Who said it? That was this guy. Um, they Tom? won two games. No, actually, Tom was kind of arguing with me about it. I don't know. <laughs> I think I want him I over eventually. For it. I think I want him over eventually. But right now, Cleveland sets at two and thirteen, and we're you know we're fifteen games into the season. They've uh, won two. On a side note, it's a, it is eleven to ten for the Cavaliers early in the first quarter. I do hope they win tonight, though. I really do. Oh, that would make that would make me happy. <laughs> Will Will Cleveland? This is LeBron's first time back in Cleveland after he left this time around. Mm -hmm. Will they have a video montage for him tonight? (laughs) You know, you could almost make an entire video montage of LeBron leaving Cleveland as much as you can. (laughs) You know, you know, because you know what I would have. I I would have the. I would I would have mocked his uh, the decision. I would have mocked that and shown him pictures of him leaving town or getting on buses or whatever. Good riddance at the end of it. Well, you know, with J.R. Smith being out, the the question now becomes where does he go? Um, And who could use a guy like that? Um, I think personally, if they can swing it, if if they can swing it, I think uh, a team like Houston would really benefit from J.R. Smith right now. They're down. The signing of Carmelo Anthony did not pan out, and Melo's gone now. Um, did you know the, the shame I felt when I had to drunk, dump Carmelo Anthony off my fantasy team? The shame. I, I understand. After you guys and laughed kinda... at me for picking him, and rightfully so, <laughs> I had to dumpster him. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. The walk of but, shame. Uh, yeah. It definitely was, but Melo is uh, Melo's gone. But I think if J.R. Smith could end up in Houston, that would that would be a good spot for him. He would fit in well there with the three point shooting. He's a decent defender. Unlike Melo, he can actually defend. He can switch. Well, he can play big uh, guys. He can play small guys. The game has passed Carmelo Anthony by. I think he's done. I think Melo's going to sign with the Warriors. I really do, and I don't know. And he probably won't touch the floor. 
But I think Melo can come in to Golden State on like a league minimum deal, um, get his championship, go out of the game with style. And you know, Tim, I said it last week, if Melo does that, I'm not even going to be mad at him because that's a guy who, who tried to win in New York, couldn't do it. He tried to win in Denver, couldn't do it. Uh, th- he's a guy, he's one of the greatest basketball players in Olympic history. He's a good ball player. It's just eventually his lack of defense and his lack of his lack of being able to be a number two on a team caught up with him. And well, they really, he, it, he was poorly named. Well, actually, he was really good named, actually, because Carmelo is kind of does fit him. <laughs> but you know, he really you know, he's, he's probably great, should have been named. I don't know, Car Angry something. Maybe he would have had a better career instead of Carmelo. But you know, Melo's the kind of guy who I think he'll end up with. Uh, I think he'll end up on Golden State, get his ring right off into the sunset. And 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 you know, normally I get mad when guys do that. But for Melo being at the end of his career, I, I'll, become, I'll be okay with it. That's become how things are done there. I mean, there was a time when that never would have yeah. been done. A guy would have played out his career wherever, and when they didn't want him, you pretty much that was you were finished. Uh, and you never would have went to the dreaded, you know, opposition. But nowadays, that's that's just how it works. And you know, they're teams that let it happen. So I can't really be all that upset about it. I guess I don't know whether he deserves it or not. But I guess it depends on yeah. if you think having a having a ring when you didn't really hit the floor is worth having. I, I guess would be the the gauge there, but. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Melo again. He, it's just one of those one of those things where you know um, we'll see where he ends up. There's not really been I haven't seen a lot on uh, on on where he's going to go. Pop up about any particular uh, yeah any destinations that have been talked about for him yet. I think they're still getting over the shock that what happened there. What did he do or not do? Just a disagreement, or did he, you know, get caught it just didn't, nailing the coach's a lot of wife people, or something? <laughs> it just never worked well, out. Well, usually when really a guy gets, when, when you totally get cut off from the team like that, you had to have said or done something that didn't sit very well with management. Yeah, apparently, but according to what I'm reading, Mello hasn't been waived yet. Apparently, the Rockets have not waived him yet. They said he's no longer going to be a member of the team, but they've yet to release him. Okay, but what I'm so, talking, I was talking more about J.R. Smith. Oh, what did okay, he do well, excuse me. That, uh, he actually I just requested assumed Mello's that, was, he had actually, that Mello was just underwhelming, actually, is yeah. what I assumed. Well, J.R. Smith had actually requested a trade, so... Uh, the team is looking to honor those those wishes, and he had requested a trade. Uh, you know, Sports Center put out an article, basically kind of guessing where Jr. might end up. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different places. You would think the Cavs would just want to get the best deal they can get and be done with it. Apparently, the Rockets are interested. The Thunder, the Pistons seem to all be contenders for J.R. Smith. And, and the Pistons would be a good fit. Uh, again, like I said, the Rockets I like. I don't know about the Thunder, per se, 
and what they would have to give up, but but maybe. I mean, it's it's really a, an interesting choice hmm. where he could go. Uh, a lot of places, so we'll yeah, see. I think so another much. team. Go ahead. Another team. Another team that I would imagine could make a move for him would be, you know, don't don't sleep on Charlotte. I mean, Charlotte's looking for something similar to that. Or Orlando. Orlando might be a team in the market for J.R. Smith. So, who knows? So many things considering the NBA with contracts and salary caps and maxes and minimums and all that nonsense. Uh, it's it's almost the, the, the team need for a player is damn near secondary to whether they can financially make it happen or not. They got to figure that all that shit all out first before they even talk about whether they're going to acquire somebody or not. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. But uh, speaking of true, and speaking of needing somebody, if you need a good lawyer, I know who to call. Let's go ahead and go to that. Personal injury, automobile accidents, workplace accidents, mesothelioma. Social Security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, employment discrimination, all these things and more can be helped by New Law Office. Stephen P. New will fight for you and your rights. Mr. New, what is there to do if you're in an automobile accident? When car wrecks happen, insurance is always involved. Did you know that in West Virginia, we have the highest percentage of uninsured and underinsured motorists driving on our highways. That means that when you're in a car wreck, your attorney needs to know how to work with your insurance company to maximize the compensation that you'll receive. If you've been in a car wreck, call me, Stephen P. New. For your free consultation, call 1-888-692-8084 or visit newlawoffice.com. Stephen P. New will fight for you to get you where you need to be. He's a proud sponsor of our program, And Mr. New is a stand-up national and local attorney. Stephen P. New, attorney at law. Answers to your legal questions. Thanks to our sponsor, the law offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com. We love Stephen P. We we may have him back on eventually. uh, Every time I hear that commercial and it says, you know, what are you to do, you know, when you're in an automobile accident, I picture Steve in his khakis and looking at the guy and going, well, I guess you either get up and walk or you get to dying. That's what I hear every time. Uh, Stephen P. He dude, you need, you no nonsense guy. You know, it's, it's live or you might as well get, get, you know, might as well get about dying. Cause you got two choices there. Well, I know, you know he didn't Stephen have insurance, you scum. He's a great friend of the show, and, and we love Stephen P. New. And thanks for sponsoring us. Uh, he's a great guy. So if you need a lawyer, give him a call or check him out at newlawoffice.com. So, even if you don't, even uh, if you don't need one, call him anyway. <laughs> yeah, just call him and bug him. Just call him anyway. Hey, the white man told me to bug him. feels about the, uh, I don't know, the 1993 Royal Rumble or something like that. He'll probably talk to you anyway. Uh, he'll talk your ear off about stuff like that. But, uh one thing I do want to bring up, Tim, here is uh, we, we talked about the Cavs. We've talked about the Hornets. We've talked about, uh, you know, different things like that. And we, we even talked about the 76ers. We're going to hear more about that shortly. But another team that's really been struggling lately and is a team that everyone expected to be on top of their game is the Boston Celtics. Nine and eight just, on the season. 
I just read an article. Not so funny you would say that. Are we talking to each other behind the scenes or something? We must I be, just apparently. Read, yeah, I just read that there's an, there's an article on uh, somewhere on ESPN that someone has made the suggestion that the Celtics have thro- thrown in the towel and are tanking. Well, that now, doesn't make a lot of sense tanking? to me. But... Now, why they be tanking so early in the season, I have no idea, but that was the response. Is that what it looks like? Like they're trying to lose on purpose. They're getting pounded by the Knicks right now in Boston. 65-49. They give up 65 points to the Knicks in half. Yeah, and the Knicks are only 4-14. and 14. Uh, Trey Burke has had a game. 18 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists, and then we're just at halftime. Ennis Cantor playing well. 10.6 rebounds. Noah Vonley. Of all people to be having a good year, Noah friggin' Vonley, ladies and gentlemen, having a big night tonight. <sighs> Uh, 10.7 rebounds, but Boston, um, yeah, I'm looking at their, I'm looking at their scoring here. Al Horford's got 10, Gordon Hayward's got 13, Jason Tatum's got 11. One of the most disappointing players on their roster this season so far has been Jalen Brown. Everyone's been thinking that Jalen Brown's going to step up and be the the new guy. Um, he only had 10 points. He's only had 10 points in the loss to Charlotte. He had three points in the loss to Utah, and then he only had five points in a loss to Orlando. Are they um, getting a little bit of uh, sophomore slump going there in Boston, too? Because I see Tatum's numbers aren't particularly uh, spectacular either um, for him, anyway. Didn't he have a much better year last year than what he's having so far this year? Uh, I mean, Tatum, Tatum's been kind of consistent per se. Let's uh, We'll take a look at his stat line. 16 points per game, uh Seven rebounds, basically, will round up from 6.9 to 7. Had 20 points in the loss to Charlotte, but only 10 points in the Utah game, seven points against Orlando. So, you know, that Boston team, they've just struggled Are they, uh, early. Looking, looking at tonight's game stats, it looks like they maybe forgot how to play defense. Look at those minuses. I think, I think, I think it's one of the, the, biggest, the biggest issues is Boston has – not gotten used to being at full strength. I think that's an issue. Gordon Hayward coming back into the roster has thrown a wrench into things, as has Kyrie Irving. You get used to playing with a particular rotation. You get used to being where you need to be. It's not, it's not, uncommon. not uncommon for a team to lose good players or one of their better players. And like you say, especially if they're out for a long time, you learn to play without them. Yeah. And then they come back, and then that suddenly takes a while to make that switch back to guys going back to the role that they had before or not allowed to play the one that they were playing when that guy was out, whatever the case may be. Uh, yeah, that could, that could be it because they have not looked. You know, like I said, I'm a casual follower, but I can read the, yeah. the sports line too and read the box scores, and it's not hard to see that they have not, been themselves this year so far. And I think maybe some of it might have to do with the fact Boston's trying to get used to playing with a bullseye on their back. Uh, because they're a team, like, and most people may not notice this. This is something that you pick up after years of watching the NBA. Whenever you're supposed to be that team that year, uh, Boston's supposed to be one of the two best teams in the East on paper. They're con- they were considered big time when it comes to, hey, this is the team this year. A lot of people picked them to go to the finals this year. When you're that team with that kind of marked man mentality, 
Teams show up every you night. Get everybody's you, you can't take a night off. You cannot take a night off. It's nope. just not going to happen. So I think that's I mean, an issue we, for uh, all we have to do is parlay that into other sports and uh, see how the Eagles are doing this year. In hockey, the Washington Capitals are you know 500 after winning the yeah. championship because everybody is looking to take out number one because there's no bigger claim to progress and you know uh, to gauge your team, get the fan base going, all that stuff. Than to knock off the champs. Yeah. Golden yeah, State is, getting the taste of that this year too, I guess a little bit. Yeah, degree. I mean it, it's basically somewhat of a you know we got to look out, but I think Boston will get it together. They're going to go on a nice win streak here eventually, but yeah, see, struggles Boston's early. Biggest in Boston. problem is they're living under the shadow of the giant raptor. That's the problem with Boston. I mean that could be an issue as well. I mean it's hard to say, but. Uh, Real quick, before we start getting into some of the conversations I've had over the past couple of days, let's let's give a big shout-out to our sponsor, WowFreeCam.com. I'm too sexy for my love, too sexy for my love, love's going to leave. WowFreeCam.com is the number one cam site on the Internet, and they are our gracious sponsors, and we want to invite you to check them out over at WowFreeCam.com. Anything you could imagine and whatever you want is just one click away if you go to wowfreecam.com. What's some of the things you could check out over on wowfreecam.com? Motorboat? Play the motorboat? You motorboat son of a bitch, you old sailor you. Or you could be into... Two chicks at the same time, man. Whatever it is that you're looking up for, wowfreecam.com will leave you with one reaction and one reaction only. You won't want to miss out all the fun going on at wowfreecam.com. So be sure to show them some love and go over. Hey, it's in the name. It's all free. Must be 18 or older to access the website. But make sure you get there as quick as you can to check out all the fun going on over at wowfreecam.com. Again, must be 18 or older to visit. Big thanks to WowFreeCam.com, one of our gracious sponsors here on the program. Tim, while we've got a couple minutes, we are going to be joined right now by an old friend of the show. Haven't heard from him in a while. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Lou. Greetings, fellas, and happy Thanksgiving, first of all. Lou, the crowd goes wild for Lou. Same to you, Lou. What's on your mind tonight, my friend? Well, there's been a lot going on. We're... At the uh, two-thirds of the wing mark, almost, to the uh, end of the NFL season. And for some, it couldn't come too soon, as the, as the uh, Jets are falling like a rock. I mean, let's put it this way. Darnold, uh, I knew it wasn't going to be the star player that everybody was hoping for. And I think uh, the Jets coach is on the hot seat right now. I, I think uh, he's going to lose his job before uh, by the time the season is over. Let's put it this way. December 31st. Black Monday can come any sooner. <laughs> you may be right on that. That's oh, for sure. Boy. But, uh, you know, your Knicks, speaking, if we get back to the NBA, your yeah, Knicks I know, I know. Uh, struggling early this season. But right now they are up uh, big time on the Boston Yeah, Celtics. but you know what? you got to hold off on that because every time I see this happen, when they take a big league against Boston, especially in the Boston Garden or whatever they call it now, they always find a way to bite back in the end. So, while it's good right now, 
uh, may be a little bit premature. I've seen this happen way too many times before because you know how much the Knicks and the Celtics just can't stand each other. And when Boston gets down like this, oh, they come back with a bite in the second half. So it's good now, but uh, I'm a little skeptical to see where it's going to finish. Well, we'll have to wait and see uh, exactly how it turns out. Go ahead, Tim. Yeah, that's that's happened before. That's 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 it. That, he's 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 right that we've seen this, we've heard this song before a time or two. Yeah, yeah. It's Although, not over till it's over. So, are you surprised by how Cleveland has done so poorly this year? I mean, I'm really not. not. <laughs> oh, good, I'm not alone. Because you know, well, everybody was you, thinking, yeah. If you go back and listen to some of the shows we did in the off season over the summer, um, I was very vocal about the fact that I thought Cleveland was going to be a bottom four team in the East. I did not think they would be this bad, but I, I did think they would be a bottom four team in the East. No issues there. I thought Cleveland would struggle because I've seen Kevin Love try to lead a team, and I've seen this island of misfit toys that the Cleveland Cavaliers have become. They are not – the same team. And when LeBron James is your biggest focal point on offense, you basically have to go back and reevaluate everything that you thought you knew about yourselves because LeBron was coaching that team. Not only did they lose their best player, they lost the guy who was calling the shots. So that's hard to recover from, in my opinion. And not exactly burning up with the Lakers either because the Lakers are, you know, not exactly uh, high championship quality either. I mean, they're making strides, but it's not enough just yet. Because you got what's-his-name on the team as well, who will probably yak it up anyway. <laughs> Which one's that, Lonzo or Ingram? No, it's Lonzo. Nah, okay, we I all was being sarcastic. How, how I can you talk poorly about Lonzo and his spectacular shooting ability and his two <laughs> points tonight yeah. so far against Cleveland? Yeah, I mean, me, they have that all hyped up me, as a game, with, you know, a great game, but both teams are, you know, are struggling. Cleveland, of course, is pathetic, and the Lakers, you know, are still not up to par just yet. So they're hyping it to be more than it, than it is. Well, let me put into perspective here. All right. <laughs> if you recall correctly, this was two years ago. All right, let's go back in right. time if we can. Let's go back sure. in time a little bit. Two years ago, we're looking at – the NBA draft, okay? Now, mm-hmm. the number one pick in that NBA draft was Markel Fultz, as we all know. Right. <laughs> yeah. I just heard Tom Robinson throw up from a distance. Um, that was me. Oh, was that you? Okay. <laughs> yes. But if you look at the stat lines, the number one pick in the NBA draft, Markel Fultz, his average in terms of his career right now, points per game, is, if we can find it here, let, let me find it. His career points per game average is seven points per game. Yes. That, that, the number one overall pick, seven points per game, and he's only Week. played 33 games. He's only played 33 games since mm-hmm. he got drafted. Now, seven points per game is the number one draft pick. Now, number two draft pick, Lonzo Ball that year. Remember that. Lonzo Ball has played 68 games in the NBA. His career right now average 
is 9.6 points per game, and he's only shooting 36% from the field. So, yeah. <laughs> That's Nine your number one and your sharing. number two. Ah, Lonzo Ball isn't any good. <laughs> I mean, yeah. no, it's really that simple. He's just not very. Point. He's not. That, he's just not very good. A lot no. of hype. Overhype. There was a lot of hype. A lot of hype. He got his. And it's interesting if you look at the draft. Markel Fultz and Lonzo Ball both coming out that year. Both of their shots needed work. And then there, at number three, the Boston Celtics take Jason Tatum, who has been really good. <laughs> Oh, yeah. you know, the Sixers, the Lakers both kind of missed and whiffed on that one. But, you know, what can you do? So, yeah, think about that. Yeah, just think about that. Um, Lonzo and Fultz, that was number one and number two. So, what yeah, you guys really. <laughs> well, not trying to be that guy, but my co-host Tom Robinson has went on several rants about how Mark Hill Fultz was the complete wrong pick, and he said it from day one. So, Duh. I mean, not one to pat ourselves on the back, but yeah, we're going to pat ourselves well, on the back. You no, know, when you look at them, they they are kind of similar. Um, they both they played are. for they both played for programs that uh, it was both both basically west. basically hype. You know, it's particularly false because Washington really wasn't even very good. Um, they UCLA really wasn't that good either. Uh, they were the best players on average teams, really. I mean, can you, can, you, can, you pic- can you picture Lonzo Ball playing for Duke? No. <laughs> no. I think Lonzo Ball currently couldn't play for Duke. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I, he he wouldn't make the no. Duke lineup right now. So how good can he really be? He's not. He isn't. He's an average basketball player at best. If that. And when he's playing against guys who are good, he's not that good anymore. Yeah. Well, right now well, he could get better. I suppose. No, then the other two are, are, from what I understand, are even more hype and less talk. So. He's to do better than them. Because apparently the the youngest one, all he wants to do is shoot threes. Apparently, mind you, by the time yeah. he gets to the NBA, that he may fit he in. Lose by a three, dies by a three. He does. I mean, he but, leads uh, the but Lithuanian let's... league in three pointers. Yeah. Well, Lou, we do appreciate your phone call, my friend. We're going to get back here. We got a few other things to do with the show before we wrap up. But we do appreciate your call and hope you can call back in real soon. And uh, you, yeah, did you get a little will. Did you move your show, Lou? Did that happen? Pardon? The last time I, I, I was on when you were on, you had mentioned that you were moving your show. Did uh, you in well, fact we're did... on six, uh, we have the time slot is uh, 6 to 8 on Saturday nights in the east. Uh, this week we are not on the air. We're on a new service called TalkShoe. Uh, the number you can reach is 605-562-0444. That's 444. Uh, the PIN number is 2612556, then press 1 and pound. Um, if you can, try to use a main line because the cell phone really has a, has a problem with the uh, with the PIN number. So try to use a main line if you can. All right. That's good. Yeah. Well, thanks for jumping on. Thanksgiving holiday. 
Well, you have a good holiday, my friend, and we hope to hear back from you real soon. Thanks again. Thanks. Bye-bye. Well, that was Lou, and we thank Lou for jumping on the show with us here tonight. Uh, We've missed Lou. I actually was thinking about Lou the other day. I was like, man, we haven't heard from Lou in a while. But uh, real quickly, Tim, do you remember back – yeah, I know you're kind of an older guy now, but do you remember back in the days when you were always ready to go – you know what I mean? You know what I'm talking about. I know what you're talking about. Oh yeah. Now well, no, I know I don't remember. <laughs> you don't remember that. Well now remember. you can increase your performance and get that extra boost of confidence in bed. All right, everyone, listen up. Bluechew.com. That's blue, like the color blue. Bluechew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. So you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work twice as fast as any pill. So you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. So, uh, you know, Blue Chew, they've been known to send out samples. So I couldn't really use one. But, Tim, I heard you use one, and I heard uh, oh. there was a little something extra there. Let me tell you, that'll that'll put some uh, lead in your pencil. Let me tell you, boy. <laughs> Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no awkwardness. They're made in the United States, and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct to you, they're cheaper than the cost of the pharmacy. So right now, we've got a special offer for all of our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com, that's B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com, and get your first shipment free with our special promo code WIDE, just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's B-L-U-E-Chew.com, promo code WIDE, to try it for free. BlueChew.com is better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring Wide Men Can't Jump. Speaking of, uh, since Lou made a comeback, we're going to bring back another old friend of the show. Ladies and gentlemen, caller Jeff has returned. Jeff, what's up? Hey, what's going on? It's been a long time. It's been a minute. It has, maybe since the finals, maybe. <laughs> it seems that way. It has been it's been a a hot minute since we've had Caller Jeff on the show, so uh and and we we do appreciate Jeff, you calling Jeff. in, Jeff. What's <laughs> Tim's with us here tonight. What's going on in your hey, world? I know Ed Bog Ed Bog is if he's listening his car just wrecked, he's so happy. But uh <laughs> <laughs> what's going on in your world? Well, uh, you know, coming off a fantasy league championship, uh, I'm about like the Philadelphia Eagles uh, this year. How in the hell have you won a fantasy league? How have you won a fantasy league championship already? The season's not even over. Well, last year, the defending champion, and I'm like the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm not going too too hot this year. Oh, okay. You mean you mean defending champion from last year? I was wondering. I was going to say, how the hell? I was wondering what sport. I wasn't sure. It's a fantasy but, NASCAR, uh, maybe. Uh, but the NBA, uh, Donovan Mitchell's let me down a little bit. Uh, and he, uh, I think I picked him. I might have reached on him. Uh, he's having a sophomore slump. So, and I think he's been injured and uh, things like that. But oh, maybe he'll f- come around. No, the football's been crazy this year. There's, I don't think anybody um, – if you go back and listen to people's predictions from the beginning of the year, there's going to be a lot of people who were very wrong. Yeah. 
yeah, definitely has, there has been. But, you know, you keep up with the NBA as much as you can currently right now. So, uh, you know, so Jeff, what's uh, what's intriguing you in the NBA so far this season? Well, I'm kind of impressed with the Grizzlies right now. I think they're, what are they, like 11-5 and five right now? Yeah, the Grizzlies are doing uh, really well this season. That's a team we haven't talked uh, about this evening. Um, the Memphis Grizzlies, you know, the at the beginning, Conference. Uh, Memphis, I believe, number two in the West right now. Let me get my uh, standings here. I have them somewhere. Let me find them. Memphis is number two in the Western Conference. They are a half game behind the Portland Trailblazers. Half game behind Portland, who leads. And, uh, you know, we talked to Rob Fisher in the offseason. Who made that call? Rob Fisher in the offseason made that call, ladies and gentlemen. If you listen to Wide Men Can't Jump, Rob Fisher made that call. He said Memphis Grizzlies were going to be a playoff team this year, and I even I had to scoff at that one. But damn it, he he said it, and it, it's so far looking anyway. Good right now. So far, he's on a roll. So we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, the Grizzlies their, are doing well so far. Some of their draft picks are they playing pretty good? I mean, I, I keep up some, but I was just noticed yet other day that they had their record on there, and I was, I was just wow, kind of jumped out yeah, at well, me there. The Grizzlies. Well, Jaron Jackson has been uh, has been a nice nice player for them. Um, I'll go ahead and get his stats pulled up right now. We we've seen the Grizzlies. They've kind of combined. You know, they brought in Kyle Anderson from the Spurs. He's been a nice little uh, addition to that team. Jaron Jackson is averaging. Um, I actually don't have his averages here in front of me at the moment, but he had 13 against Dallas in the win, and he had 13 against Minnesota. Getting a little bit of work, mostly coming off the bench, but Mike Conley has played well this season. Uh, 19.6 points per game, six assists. Mark Gasol has been playing out of his mind. 16.8 points per game, 10 rebounds per game he's averaging. And he's added three-point shooting to his game. So he's able to shoot threes now, and he's getting better at it. But the main thing with Memphis that I've been noticing has been the fact of how good their defense is playing. Um, they are holding teams to under 100 points almost nightly. They are smothering on the defensive end, and that's what Memphis needed to get back to in order to be successful. They just pressure the ball. They pressure whoever has it. They don't. Fight, they fight over screens really well. They don't allow floor spacing to beat them, and they just play old school hard nosed basketball, and it's working right now. Yeah, I guess uh, the biggest discipline appointments probably been in Houston. Uh, I mean, yeah, we talked the about them earlier. Last year. Okay, well, and I guess a team that's kind of recovered after a slow start has been the Thunder. They, uh, they're they 10-6 and six now after that. I think they started out 2-4 and four or 2-5 and five maybe. Well, the, but, they uh, were actually 0-4 at one point. I think they lost their first four games, but the Thunder have figured it out, and they're about where, you know, TR and I had predicted they would be, and They've looked good so far this season. Um, I think they're going to be a tough out, especially when they get Westbrook 100% playing. And uh, there's rumors that they're going to make a move for J.R. Smith. So who knows? Well, there's you know there's 10 or 11 teams I believe that's 500 or better in the West right now, and um, it, it seems like in the East it's probably like the top fours got winning records. Everybody after that's got either. <laughs> you know, 500 or less. They're playing 500 or less right now. Yeah, I mean, Toronto, Milwaukee, Indiana, and Philly are all, you know, 
up over well over 500. Then Detroit, Boston, Charlotte, Orlando are all right at 500 as you get down to the eight seed. Then from Brooklyn at nine down to Cleveland at 15, everybody's under 500 now in the West. Looking Portland all the way at one down to Sacramento at 10 are over 500. San Antonio is 500 at the moment at 11. Utah, Dallas, Minnesota, not far behind. Minnesota's 14th in the West right now. They are only five games back of first place. So, if that tells you anything. Whereas 14th in the East is the Hawks, and they are 10 and a half back of first place. So, the West, other than Phoenix, Phoenix is 3-13. and 13. They're really struggling so far this season. Um, but from 1 through 14, all have a shot this year getting in the playoffs. Yes. So there's legitimately 14 teams that can make the playoffs. All that tells you is it's too early yet. Anybody who's even remotely in the middle of the pack or the bottom of the middle, it could go anywhere yet. It's it's way too soon to to make to write anybody off entirely or to declare anybody the champion quite yet. Yeah, I mean, I agree. That's true. It's it's like I said, you're saying it's still early. I agree. Uh, we'll have to just wait and see what happens. And uh, we got a lot of basketball to get to still. We're not even in December yet, and that's when teams really yeah, start I mean, to find out who they are. And that's when you really start I mean, you seeing. Might and then be able to make the claim that Cleveland sucks. You <laughs> I'm might still making be that able claim. to. The, yeah, you might be able to claim that the Hawks suck. Um, Nathan, somebody I've been uh, impressed with is your old boy that used to play for you all. Is uh, is it Levine for for Chicago? Levine. Levine. Yeah, Levine. Levine's an excellent player in terms of game, I believe. Yeah, he's averaging a lot per game. He's a great scorer. His biggest issue is he's just not a good defensive player. He he allows a lot of a lot of baskets, and and he's very athletic. He's just on defense. Yeah. He, he seems a little lost, but he's another UCLA product, and he's just not that great of a defender. Well, it seems like half the league has that problem. You know, they. It's <laughs> very true. Well, they do. Very true. Who gets who gets drafted? Very rarely do you hear, you know, especially first round. Oh yeah, we drafted that guy uh, third pick overall because he's a great defensive specialist. That's true. I mean, you know, that, you that's find... not a commodity that that plays well with fan bases and all that in the draft. It's it's usually you know, he's a he's a shooter or a pure, pure scorer or those kinds of comments. Not very often yeah. that you hear that his ticket is defense. So, yeah, that's true. That, that's very you know, the true. The game's not that's... about that right now. The game's about scoring. What's his plus yeah. minus? Do you know, I mean, there, I mean, some of these guys. Oh, that's what a lot of people. That's what a lot of people look at. Uh, well, we're we're very high on that here on the show. So uh, let me let me is, do a little right. digging. It tells you something. It might not be a hundred percent accurate, but if you're in the minuses every night, that says something about what you're doing out on the floor, or or at least how you're influencing the game to some degree. Wasn't um, uh, Ben Simmons like that last year in the playoffs? He couldn't guard, could he? If I remember yeah, correctly. He, he's, He's not exactly known for his stellar defense either. No. Uh, which is why I think that marriage with Jimmy Butler is going to be a nightmare. But, hey, you know, what do I know, right? Zach, Zach Levine is uh, – hmm. where is his minuses here? 
Yeah, I'm looking for his uh, his plus minus here, so uh, I'll take a look here. Um, which there's more than just the plus minus. There's also a thing called the real plus minus, which is another stat line that <laughs> that's a, that measures more. Uh, this season, well, Zach Levine if is there's a minus. real plus minus, why do they have another one? Why do they keep I track of the know. first one? <laughs> All right, so here's Zach Levine's uh, plus-minus per year. Um, his first year first year in the league, he was minus 7. His second year in the league, he was minus 3.6. Third year, minus 2.5. Then he got traded to Chicago, and he went to minus 7.2, and now he's minus 7.8 so far on the season. Wow. So he's not a lot worse, of uh, – yeah, yeah, it it was getting better. It was getting better under Tom Thibodeau, but then he got traded, and there goes the plus-minus for Mr. Levine. Okay, but plus, uh, Chicago's not very good, so it's minus seven or minus nine on a team that only, what, do they won four times? Are they four and something 12 like something that? Something like that. They've definitely been the yeah, okay, one. So, they've definitely been right, the so one being minus that, nine on a team that gets beat by 30 points a night really isn't that bad. Yeah. And they're definitely the team that, that Tom and I were wrong about so far. But, of course, it can always change, so who knows? Not over yet. Not over yet. Not over yet at all. But, Jeff, we do appreciate you calling, my friend. Uh, you can stick around on the line. we got to get to some comments from some earlier interviews. i uh, got a few of them to get to before the show ends tonight. Okay. Well, I was going to get off uh, phone uh, anyways, but uh, I had a trivia question for you real quick. Let's hear it. For it. Well, yeah, go ahead. Uh, who is the only player to win an NBA championship and gold mm. Olympic gold medal twice in the same twice year? in the same year? Yes, they did it in the same year. Yes, now it's it, 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 it's two different times, two different years, of course, but they won the championship and the gold medal the same year twice. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so they won the gold medal. <laughs> Hold on here. Let me think. Uh, I'm going to go with Michael Jordan. Okay. That's a good guess. He did it once. In I know he did it in 92. I'm going to say that's too not easy. Okay. Well, how about – let me think here. Hold on. Hmm. He was my first pick. Not Kobe? Well – I'll give you a hint. When you said Jordan, you were close. Was it, okay, it was close Magic? to Jordan. No. No, because no, it, it wasn't them. Uh, close with Jordan. Uh, Can't be Larry be Bird. That's, was it Pippen, was it? Yes, it was Scott. It was Pippen? Pippen? 1992 okay. 1992 and 1996. But wasn't Jordan on that 96 team that won the gold? No. He no, wasn't on the Olympic play. team, was he? He wasn't on the Olympic team. Okay, right. that's what it was. He was smart. Right. He was smart enough not to go. He played in '84 and '92 and won the gold medal, but he did not win the championship okay. in '84. He was a rookie. Uh, hmm. All right. Well, there you go. That's a good question. That was a good one. All I right, had to yeah. think about that. Well, yeah. Jeff, thanks Sign for calling. Off, yeah. yeah, we'll uh, we'll see you soon, man. Thanks for calling in. Have a good that, one, later. Jeff. Okay. Have a good Thanksgiving. All right. You too. Bye bye. I already had mine. <laughs> I'm glad you have, but uh, you know we talked about Markel Fultz earlier, and it's good to hear from Jeff again. But let's go ahead, Tim, and let you and I 
jump to my talk with Tom Moore about the 76ers and this whole big situation that's been Nate. going on up there. Sound good to Wide you? Wide men can't jump, Nate. No, we can't. So we'll let's go ahead and your we, interview. Yeah, we will. We will. Uh, we will uh, <laughs> shuffle to this interview here. <laughs> Here's my talk with Tom Moore about the Philadelphia 76ers. Joining me right now is a frequent guest here on Wide Men Can Jump. He is sports columnist for the Bucks Counter Courier Times, Mr. Tom Moore. Thirty years covering Philadelphia sports. Tom, thank you so much for getting on with us yet again. Sure, thank you. Not yeah, a sure. problem. Thanks you're 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 a favorite guest of many of our listeners, so we'll jump right into it right now. Uh, the Sixers, um, Tr, who's not with me tonight, uh, Tr's favorite team. They make the big deal. They move Robert Covington, Dario Saric to the Minnesota Timberwolves to get Jimmy Butler. Uh, That's the main deal. There was a second-round pick sent to the Timberwolves and Jared Bayless, and the Sixers also got Justin Patton. What led to the Sixers finally pulling the trigger and deciding, okay, we really need to bring someone else in and effectively, as I would call it, end the process for the most part? Yeah, I, I think it was that I think they were interested, Nate, but I think the asking price was, was kind of high, and they kind of waited it out. Uh, I guess uh, Minnesota turned down four first-round picks uh, from, I forget if it was Houston, you know, I, and they kind of just waited till the, the, the price kind of got um, got more reasonable, and I guess it became untenable enough there that uh, um, Tom Thibodeau decided it was time to make a move. Um, they really wanted to add, uh, for lack of a better term, you know, term a third star, um, and you know, I think I think that's exactly what happened. The value of a veteran, a guy who's uh, one of the top fourth quarter scorers in the league, a guy who's a closer, you know, can, can is willing to take and make a big basket, as uh, we saw Saturday night at the end of overtime, you know, against the Hornets. Uh, with that three-pointer with three-tenths of a second to go in OT uh, to win that game. The guy, you know, defends four-time second-team All-NBA, four-time All-Star, you know, because the Sixers, I don't – I think it was pretty clear, even with Embiid and Simmons, um, you know, kind of weren't going to – didn't look like we're going to keep working the way up the uh, uh, Eastern Conference without an influx of some talent. And that's what Elton Brand did. And Jimmy comes in, and he's even came out and he even spoke on it um, in an interview, saying that he he likes playing with these guys. They don't take things personally. Uh, they're all trying to do their job and win. Jimmy's been a noted, outspoken character on Chicago's team and in Minnesota, especially. Was he just trying to take more of a jab at the Minnesota players who actually, with Dario and Covington, went on a, a nice little three-game win streak when they first showed up? But uh, was he trying to take a jab maybe at his old team? Or is Jimmy really, really liking his experience so far in Philly? I think he is liking it, uh, you know, with the you know the, the crowd and the adulation and the uh, chanting his name. I was there Friday night and I was there again Monday night, you know, the two home games. Um, and I think he may be taking some jabs too. You know, he 
had some issues with younger players in Minnesota because he didn't think they were working hard enough doing the little things. Um, and, you know, you know, it can be kind of demanding on the court. Um, and, you know, I guess that's, that's kind of the risk, if you will. Uh, but the whole idea is, you know, they have a better t- – because he's their own free agent, they can re-sign Butler for more money, more years, and more per year than any other team in July. Whereas if they went after, you know, Clay Thompson or Kawhi Leonard, um, they would be in the same boat as every other team except their existing teams which who, who have the advantage there, uh, just like the Sixers do with Butler. Um, so – yeah, I mean, I, I, th- you know, I think, I think he's really happy here. It's a honeymoon. He said done all the right things, but there certainly will be moments, or you know, the twentieth time that Ben Simmons won't take a fifteen footer. You know, it'll be interesting to see, um, you know, how he reacts or what, you know, what kind of a public stance he'll take in a situation like that. Yeah, and that's what I, I've said uh, publicly about about Jimmy. He will. Very much get on Simmons' case, I believe. and But I think he and Embiid are going to get along great. Uh, they share a common soccer interest. I know that Jimmy's big into soccer. He loves Neymar Jr. And uh, Embiid's a big soccer fan as well. I think those two will bond quite nicely. But um, moving on to a more developing story recently, Markel Fultz, his shoulder imbalance or injury or what have it, uh, according to reports now, Fultz is going to miss some time he's waiting a week apparently before he sees the doctor and he won't be returning to the team until this is figured out what's going on with Markel Fultz Tom it's been a mystery so yeah far. I don't I don't really know it seems I mean if you kind of read the, you know the tea leaves and you know Elton Brand talked I was not at practice today but Elton Brand talked and it seems like the or the inference is that the Sixers doctors couldn't find anything wrong, um, and I don't know if this has to do with T.J. McConnell playing in the second half last night, being the backup point guard, and Brett Brown not saying after the game who his backup point guard would be going forward. Um, I'm not exactly sure, um, you know, if what is going on, but it sure seems like um, the Sixers. Uh, I think we're taken a little by surprise. And I mean, if you're want an opinion or you have an injury, I'm pretty sure you don't have to wait a week. If you're Markel Fultz, you could get this done sooner. It's not like you or I calling up a specialist and trying to fit into the next available appointment. They will make something happen there. So it just almost sounds like just kind of buying some time and getting away and um, it's really a strange situation. I've never, the 31st year I've been around the team, I've never seen anything like this um, with the Sixers or in the NBA or whatever. It is a, it is a very unusual situation. And, you know, there's not a whole lot the Sixers can do right now uh, except kind of wait. Um, Brett Brown did try him, you know, as a star, you know, starting, uh, did try, um, you know, gave him, um, Gave him that that role, and then had uh, had uh, uh, JJ Redick starting the second halves, and I think Brown knew that that Redick should be starting, and I think that the the Butler trade was the perfect excuse, if you will, 
um, because you really can't play Butler, who's not a great outside shooter, Simmons, who doesn't shoot from the outside, and Fultz, who seems to be a reluctant shooter. You could not play those three guys together and spread the floor. They had to start Redick. So that was kind of the excuse there. I don't know if it's a re- if, if if that could be a part of it, but it is just just this kind of a surreal situation. Yeah, and watching Fultz um, attempt to shoot free throws, uh, it's been kind of kind of sad to watch. I, I hate to put it that way. Um, I know my co-host Tr is not a big fan of Fultz's. He's he's always he even said from the beginning he didn't want Fultz when they drafted him. But, you know, watching Fultz's fall, if you could say that, since he's been drafted, has been something else. And it, it's almost like his biggest issue right now may be himself. Do you think there's any merit to the fact that maybe Fultz is just – I don't want to say maybe it's just something, a mental block or something that's getting to him. Maybe just playing in the NBA is wearing its course on him. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I've read all kinds of things and doctors and – you know, saying that, you know, when when he did have the imbalance, uh, you know, the, which he had last year, I guess, at least early in the year um, before, he, you know, I guess he ended up sitting out about five months. If there's something that's triggering that, that when he gets to the foul line or whatever that he, you know, he, you wonder almost if that's what he's uh, thinking or that's what's reminding him or he's thinking is going on, but you know, that crazy, you know, uh, the free throws last week where it was kind of like Charles Barkley's golf swing with all the stops, and, you know, um, and then he changed <laughs> sorry, that I little uh, – Yeah, no, you, you – don't, I mean, I, I don't mean to be flip, but I mean, that's mean kind of what it reminded me of with all the, the herky-jerky, you know, stuff. And then he tried that where he kind of tapped the ball back and forth, like from hand to hand and shot it right away, I guess. So he – he wouldn't stop, you know, it was constant motion and then flipped it up there. So he wouldn't have that hitch. Uh, but, you know, clearly there are things going on and that's something's, something's not right. Let's put it that that's fairly obvious whether they can get to the bottom and make it you know, in difference and, and he can come back and be effective this year. I mean, in the, you know, in the interim, TG McConnell will be the, you know, the backup point guard, which is probably not a bad thing, at least, team-wise, trying to win games now. But Fultz, obviously, when you're the number one overall pick and when you traded not only the number three pick last year, but what could be as high as the number two pick in 2019, you know, from Sacramento, um, that's a huge investment. And, you know, you want to get some return there. People say, well, why don't you trade him? He has minimal value now because nobody knows what they're getting. And he's the number one, you know, overall pick. Um, his body of work suggests that it, you know, it, it's a giant, he's a giant question mark. Yeah. He had loads of potential coming out of college. Everyone seemed to really be on the hype train for him. There was a few of us and TR and I were, were a couple of those guys who, who honestly, we weren't behind faults and I'm not trying to say, aha, we told you so it, it's kind of, it's rough as a Sixers fan, but McConnell comes into the game the other night and the Sixers crowd, I don't know if this is a shot at fault or just respect, they give McConnell just this amazing ovation. Um, he's a favorite here on, on our show. We really love TJ and love his effort and love his body of work. Was that more a shot at fault or do you think the crowd really does love TJ McConnell? No, I think, you know, the fact that he really hadn't played, and I think, it, you know, it's really kind of an interesting situation because, on the 10-win Sixers team, you know, whatever that was three years ago, 
he was the whipping boy. I mean, they, they the, the Philly fans did not like him because he was a backup on one of the worst teams in NBA history. He's the same player. He, he might be a little better now. He's worked on his shooting, you know, for years. But he's the same guy and does the same thing and plays the same way. So I think, you know, and then, you know, the one game they won against Boston was, the you know, the first game he started um, in that playoff series in the Eastern Conference semifinals last spring. So I think they really do like him. He does have kind of a Philly, you know, blue-collar mentality, and he's not, you know, certainly the best, the most skilled guy or the greatest athlete or, you know, the, that kind of thing. But he just sort of has a way. He's a natural leader, um, those kinds of things. So I don't think it was – I mean, they bent over backwards to try to support support Fultz early on. I mean, I mean, you – I was down there when they were cheering him for missing a jump shot, which is, believe me, is not a regular occurrence in Philadelphia. Um, uh, but they were—they so desperately wanted him to do well that they were trying to, you know, really kind of support him, stay behind him. But I think even the, those uh, fans have realized that, you know, something's, you know, it's not happening, and they're not sure what to do. And I, I think at this point, really, the Sixers don't know what to do either. You look at Philly's roster right now, they're really um, – I'm not seeing a, a big outside shooting kind of team, you know, especially since the trade of, of Robert Covington, who in Minnesota – as a, I'm a Minnesota fan myself. I love the fact that he does not hesitate to shoot. Sometimes you just want to beg him to quit. But he and, he and yeah. Sarich are not two guys that are shy when it comes to shooting a jump shot. But outside of J.J. Redick, you know, Jimmy Butler could knock down the occasional long-range jumper – who are the Sixers looking to to step up and really help in that long ball role? Would it be maybe a Wilson Chandler? Are we looking more at a uh, uh, Ferdcan Korgmax? Or, and I know I mispronounced yeah. that, so overlook my pronunciation. Or a Mike Muscola? Korgmax uh, uh, is one guy who um, I think they liked, but he was a defensive liability early on. As Brett Brown was saying before the game last night that he defense has really improved and. He has earned a regular role um, as kind of like maybe like the ninth man, and he is a pretty good shooter. And Mike Muscala, um, uh, you know, is a guy who's a power forward, but he also um, really helped them last night playing some backup center in the second half because Brown didn't, you know, went away from Amir Johnson. He did not have an especially good first half. And because Wilson Chandler's minutes restriction, he, it was 20 until last night. And it was 27 last night. And him playing that much before, you know, Muscala had to play 28 minutes as the backup power forward, and that was pretty much his night. But the fact that that was with uh, Chandler playing 20 minutes, but with Chandler, they gave him 27 last night. I think he played 31. But doing that, then Muscala was able to play with him at, at center a couple of times and really was effective offensive rebound and knocking down some threes. Having said all that, I, I really think with, with, with uh, Reddick starting, their biggest need, well, they really need a backup big guy, a legitimate backup big guy, you know, a seven-footer, a guy. It is uncanny to me, Nate, when Embiid leaves the game last night again, the first trip down the court, the other team gets a layup or a dunk. They go right to the basket because there's nobody on that team besides Embiid who really instills any fear in anybody. So they could use a backup big guy, but since Redick has started, the second unit really doesn't have a reliable outside shooter. Uh, you know, they don't have one roster spot. They could conceivably make a trade or, or you know, make a two-for-one trade, maybe address two needs for one. Um, 
but you know they, they do have some and, and then potentially in you know February uh when when the trade deadline passes and guys get bought out like last year you know Ilyasov and Bellinelli who really kind of helped them down the stretch last year with their bench scoring yeah, and we could see the Sixers look to make a move more so in December once those contracts uh, of guys that signed are, are eligible to get traded then. So there, sh- there could be some opportunity for a few more moves for the Sixers. Uh, speaking of moves, Sixers on draft night, they trade uh, Mikael Bridges, and I-, I was against that deal for the Sixers, but they bring in Zaire Smith. Um, what What's it look like with him this season? Are we going to ever see him actually step foot on the court, or is this going to be another first-round draft pick for the Sixers that has to sit out a year, almost a redshirt well, the style? Wizards, well, the, yeah, right. I mean, I thought this was going to be a developmental year for him, even if he were healthy. I mean, he was a power forward in college, offensively at least, and to come in the NBA and be a shooting guard is a really difficult thing to do, especially when it's not a natural position and it's not something you're you know, familiar and comfortable with doing. He, you know, injured his foot. He had the same injury, I guess, as Ben Simmons. But now, apparently, he has some sort of a food allergy that they just discovered. And he's lost a lot of weight, so he's got to put weight back on um, to get back to where he could potentially begin, you know, cardio. So they said he's he's not going to play in this calendar year, um, whether that means January or February or whatever. I mean, I think we'll see him this year, but I think he's going to be you know, maybe playing in in the G League with Delaware or whatever, you know, just trying to get acclimated to the next level, take a, take the next step. I don't accept, expect him to have, you know, a whole lot of, uh, you know, be able to contribute a lot on the court. Landry Shamit is, is you know, has really helped them as a as a two-guard off the bench um, shooting. And, you know, he's a, he's a better defender right now than like Cork Moss and so on, the Brett Brown you know, relies on him is giving him, you know, 18 minutes a night or whatever, and he is he has really helped them. So I think Zaire Smith probably won't play a whole lot this year, but the more he does and the more he's around and we really haven't seen him, um, I think that'll help him in terms of if potentially next year, you know, he could crack Brett Brown's rotation. Yeah, and it almost seems like I hate, I hate to bring bring it up, but it almost seems like it's kind of a cursed spot to be – with excuse me, with the Sixers on draft night in the first round, it seems like you're doomed to miss a year, or so it seems. It's been Embiid, Simmons, Fultz, and now, even though Fultz did play a little bit that first year, but now Smith is another guy who's, who's bitten by the injury bug and uh, well, was really looking yeah, started, forward to seeing what well, he could do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Started with actually started with Nerlens Noel, but he. You know, he tore his ACL in college, and Embiid had an injury in a pre-draft workout. So those two guys, they knew were going to miss the whole year. But um, Simmons, you know, on the last day of training camp in a scrimmage down in South Jersey, you know, gets hurt. You know, Zaire Smith and Okafor um, missed a decent number of games. He played, you know, maybe close to 50, but he missed the end portion of the season where he had the knee issues and he needed to get his knee scoped. They have had quite a few um, injury, and it, you're right, it is kind of a, almost like a rite of passage that, you know, you sit out a year like it is a redshirt year or, a, uh, you know, a, a practice year or a, a developmental year, whatever you want to call it. It is kind of uncanny. Now, with Sam Hinkie, that was part of his plan, and that's one of the reasons he liked Darius Sarge because he knew he was going to go overseas for at least one year, two years, and he was trying to continue to lose and accumulate more assets um, and that helped him be able to get Ben Simmons. But it is, 
a very unusual thing to have so many first round draft picks, you know, miss a year or miss significant yeah. time in their rookie season. Well, let me ask you one more question, Tom, and I'll let you go. And I do appreciate you for uh, giving us so much of your time here on the show. And we really appreciate it. Um, would it be fair now for everyone out there, all the, you know, there's a lot of Sam Hinkie fans who, who loved the process and, and they, they all shout trust the process, but is it time now that we officially declare the process over and dead? Yeah, I mean, I the way I understand it, I would say probably, but I mean, it's, you know, some people, people have different definitions of what it is. I mean, my definition is you, you give yourself as many high draft picks as possible and help put you in position, um, you know, to acquire talent. Uh, free agent or what otherwise. Now they could have as much as 25 million in cap space this summer to go after not a not a necessarily a, uh, an elite free agent, but you know another a guy who could obviously help you. Um, and that's even with re-signing Jimmy Butler, they would have to renounce JJ Redick and you know Mike Muscala, Wilson Chandler, those guys to create that space. Uh, but perhaps maybe that would be the official death if they're able to do that because then you're capped out and then it's just a matter of re-signing your own guys which you can do to exceed the salary cap and even go into luxury tax territory which Josh Harris has said he's willing to do you know if he has a chance to be a championship team so uh, if it's not over it's it's the Butler move was it was a big move toward getting it there um and as I said you know potentially if, if they if they could use that cap space which is which Brian Colangelo preserved too with all those one-year contracts and so on, um, you know, the next, this summer would, would kind of be the end of it um, for sure. All right. Well, Tom, thank you so much for jumping on here with us and giving us some time. And uh, everybody check out Tom. He's at the, the Bucks Counter Courier Times. We really appreciate Tom and all he's done for the show. And uh, we hope to have Tom back on really, really soon. And I just lost him. All right, so thanks again, Tom, for jumping on with us. We really appreciate you, and we will talk to you again in the very near future. And that was my conversation with Tom Moore from the Bucks Counter Courier Times. Tim, a lot of interesting things he had to say about the 76ers. Give me some more Tom Moore. Like that guy. <laughs> Concise, well-spoken, educated, smart man. Liked his points. Didn't, wasn't afraid to call a spade a spade, et cetera, et cetera. Got to like that. That's my kind of reporter. Yeah, Tom's great. And he's uh, been covering the Sixers now for 30 years. So we really do Good appreciate Lord. Tom. and at the Bucks Counter Courier Times. Don't, uh, follow him on Twitter. Tom's great. His call actually cut out right as I was wrapping up with him, so that's why I kind of finished up. And re- 30 Twitter years, you in. say. We should rename him St. Tom. Yeah, 31 years, actually, this season. Uh, Tom Moore has been covering the that's 76 or so. ladies and gentlemen. Hey, it's at Tom Moore Philly on uh, Twitter. If anybody wants to follow him, Tom's awesome. So uh, check him out on there if you need to. But, Tim, you know, one team that's been overachieving this season so far has been the Milwaukee Bucks. We have uh, – we've noticed that the Bucks have been killing it 
all year long. And uh, a lot of that has to do with uh, the Greek freak. A lot of it has to do with the new coach. They're, and, and they're, they're giving they're it just, to the Trailblazers tonight, too. Pound them. Well, they had the big win over the Warriors. They beat the Warriors in one of the worst losses Golden State's had since this dynasty that Golden State has started. Um, the Bucks are one of those teams that T.R. and I were high on in the offseason, and they're making us look good right now. So, uh, sleepers, we'll see baby, about, sleepers. We'll see what happens there. But I had a chance to sit down and talk with Bart Winkler from Chuck and Winkler Sports Radio at 105.7 FM in Milwaukee. The Fonz? Uh Who? The Fonz? No. Oh, that's Henry Winkler. Sorry. That's Henry, Henry Winkler. Winkler. <laughs> Bart Winkler, ladies and gentlemen. So let's go to my talk. Not Arthur Fonzarelli. I'm talking about Bart Damn, Winkler. Fonz would have been great, though. But anyway. Yeah, that, that would, I'm not going to lie. That would be pretty cool. But That'd Bart Winkler cool. just as cool. So uh, Bart we, Winkler we to my knows 10,000 more times about basketball than the Fonz would, though. So. I, yeah, you're right. But yeah, let's go so. to Bart, my talk with Bart Winkler now. Talking about the Milwaukee Bucks. So we'll be back on the other side. Well, joining me now from Chuck and Winkler Sports Radio at 105.7 FM, the fan in Milwaukee and Wink's podcast is Bart Winkler. Bart, what's going on, man? Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Not much. Well, you're up in the Wisconsin area, and I want to show some love to that area. We I don't think we've ever had a Bucks uh, person on this show, <laughs> but I did want to talk to the Milwaukee Bucks because they've become a, uh, a, a sneaky good team over the past few seasons. Right now sitting at number two in the East, 12-4, and four, half game behind Toronto. And I just wanted to get your comments. What has what has gotten into this Bucks team this season that has made them so competitive and so good to be where they're at this early in the season. Well, yeah, I mean, you've never really had a reason to have a Bucks guy on. They've been, uh, you know, since 2001, this team has not gone past the first round of the playoffs out in the East. And when they started to try to really turn things around with the new owners a few years ago, there were signs that maybe this time would be different. Uh, they draft Jabari Parker number two, and they're trying to do all these different things. Jason Kidd eventually comes here. And, they, you know, they're trying to go according to plan. But one thing that they didn't plan on was this kid from Greece that they find on some grainy video in some second-tier league turns out to be an MVP candidate in Giannis Adetokounmpo. And what they've done over the last few years is built a team around him. There's pieces here like Chris Middleton and Malcolm Brogdon who have been here for a few years. They added Eric Bledsoe last year, uh, Brooke Lopez here now this year. But for this to all work, the biggest change for why they're worth talking about this year and maybe not last year with mainly the same team once they traded for Bledsoe after the season started is the coach. Uh, Mike Budenholzer has come and taken this team and completely changed it. The the styles that Jason Kidd had, uh, he might have been more focused on, like, the fundamentals and we can't do this until we do this. Mike Budenholzer from an outsider's perspective on the team seems pretty easy. Let's shoot threes. Let's get rebounds. Let's play some decent defense. Let's score in the paint. Giannis is doing that. There's a good complement of guys around him doing that. I mean, Lopez is nailing threes. Eric Bledsoe looks 
much better than he did in that series against Boston. Chris Middleton, sometimes he'll disappear night to night, but I think he's a borderline all-star in the East and not an all-star. So this is a this is a good team with a good coach and, and a great player, and that's a recipe for some good things. Yeah, and they brought back a couple of guys, uh, or at least they brought back uh, Ersan Ilyasova, who spent the end of last season with the 76ers. My co-host is a 76ers guy. I'm a T-Wolves guy, so don't ever feel like that the Bucks are just some team. I know all about I know all about hard times, my friends. So don't worry about it. But they've got just such a good complement of players on their roster, and it, it's one of those things where you've got your superstar, and then you've got all those great role players around him. It's not necessarily a big three or a big four. You've got Giannis, um, who is one of my favorite, absolute most favorite players in the league. I am a huge fan of that guy. And I, and I loved him when they drafted him, so I'm, I'm a big fan. But Bledsoe's a great player. Uh, Chris Middleton's had a good year. Ilyasova's been playing well. Even Tony Snell coming off the bench, giving you know, some defense and, and having decent stats so far this season for a guy that's not playing as much. This Bucks team's just well-rounded. And I think that um, the Bucks have a great chance to really do a lot in the East. My co-host and I both predicted they would be a top-four team in the East this year, but – People don't realize that they were good last season. Um, you saw what they did with that Celtics team that was really, really good. And and I want to get your thoughts on what is the addition of Brooke Lopez meant to this team this season? Because last season they didn't have a guy like that in the middle. No, they didn't. And what he's able to do is, as you mentioned, compliments to Giannis. I mean, he's a guy who's, a, you know, he could be a big down low and get some boards. Maybe that's not his strong suit, but, I mean, he's collecting decent numbers, but he can also, you know, stretch the floor, as we like to say, and hit some threes. I think there's been games, I think it's up to eight. There's been games he's had eight threes, which is, you know, unheard of for the guy when he first came into the league, but he's been able to develop that shot. John Henson, who's hurt right now, a guy who maybe took hook shots and tip-ins the first six years of his career, he was shooting threes, which, again, is unheard of. Even probably he still has a look of amazement on his face when he was shooting those threes. So they've built guys that can come in and really give Giannis room to operate. If you talk about the Bucks uh, on, like, a national scale, I think the three-point and the three-point shooting is something that's going to come up soon and quickly. But what it also does is there were a lot of plays. Bucks played the uh, – the Nuggets on Monday. And there's a lot of plays in that game where there's just Giannis on one, maybe two guys, and he just zero steps around him, and the bucket's in. Alley-oops are up. I mean, dunks. I think he's got about 80% of his points in the paint. When you have a superstar like that, it's important to get everything out of him that you can. And he's trying to shoot threes, too. I think he was 0 for 6 on Monday. He's trying to shoot better at the free throw line. He's kind of been up and down on that but Giannis is a freak the Greek freak name is is a great one for him so get him the ball get him as much opportunities as you can to change the game and compliment with good pieces around him they tried to market a big three last year when Bledsoe got traded here they tried to market it's Middleton it's Giannis and it's Bledsoe well okay I mean if you want to say they're the best three players on your team then we can have that discussion, but they're they're not. There's not a big three. Jason Kidd at the press uh, press day last year 
when he was still here pre-firing, said, look, it's Giannis 1A and Middleton's 1B. Well, that's not true either. Giannis is the team. This team doesn't go anywhere without him. This is the whole reason why they're as good as they are. But, I mean, yes, it's the guys around him, sure, but Giannis is the, the straw that stirs the drink, and so you have to find the guys that can complement him the best. Chris Middleton, well, I wouldn't put him 1B to 1A. I do put him borderline all-star, and I would think in the East he should be able to get in. Those two work very well together after knowing each other, hanging out together, being friends for so long. Eric Bledsoe, he's been a key this year. We're seeing a much better, more focused, more defensively sharp Eric Bledsoe. Some of that could be the contract year, as it always is, but I do think a lot of that is the coaching and direction that he's getting. And Lopez, that is such an underrated signing. There's so many bigs in the free agent market over the winter, and they all kind of got forgotten about because it's, you know, going away from a real down-low 275-pound center game, which is fine. But if you have a guy who's taller and a big that can shoot the three, I mean, he becomes insanely valuable, especially in an offense like Mike Budenholzer. So these guys are all just complementing very well. They're not a perfect team. They could always use more shooting. Uh, you could throw the Bucks name in the mix when there's like these superstars that might be on the market. I would stay away from that. Uh, I think this Bucks team is a nice unit. They gel together. They like each other. See what you can get out of them because I, I do put them right up there top four. And I, I like them over Philly right now. We will see how much Jimmy Butler changes that. I still like them over Boston. I, I, don't, know if, I don't know if Boston knows what it is yet. And I do think if those two match up in a playoff this year, the Bucks would get the better end. The team that scares me is Toronto. I'm, I'm just very high on Toronto and Kawhi and even a quiet addition like Danny Green and Lowry and all the pieces that they've built there. They've done a real good job drafting and developing. So they're a tough team, man. They are certainly worth talking about, and they're certainly it'd be a mistake if you overlooked them. Oh, definitely. And they play good defense, too. Like, if you look – one of our favorite stats here on the show is the plus minus. Last night, Brooke Lopez finishes plus 13. Uh, Giannis, the Greek freak, plus 11. Uh, Bledsoe, plus 7. So, I mean, they're playing good defense on top of everything, and, and that helps. So, to hold a team like the Denver Nuggets to under 100 points and to get a win like that, granted, it was at home, but the Nuggets uh, shooting last night, they only shot 42% from the floor which granted not a horrible night but still the bucks are doing are doing a great job out there as the bucks shot 45 almost 46% last night but you talk about uh, Giannis being able to he went 13 of 25 last night and that was with the six misses from 3 and still had you know 29 and 12 and 6 and two steals to go along with everything the dude is just he's a genetic monster and he's one of the biggest surprises, and the Bucks got a real steal with him late. But another draft pick that the Bucks took was this year, Dante DiVincenzo. My co-host is a big fan of, of him coming from Villanova and that, that market out in Philly. How does Dante DiVincenzo fit into this group, into this uh, Bucks lineup so far this season? Dante DiVincenzo, to me, uh, is there, it's surprising that he's fit in this well, and that's mainly because – Bucks draft picks since Giannis haven't really done much. DJ Wilson a couple of years ago was John Horst's first first round pick, and then Dante DiVincenzo this year. Both guys had good tournaments in the NCAA, so the joke was 
was John Horst watch one month of basketball and then go pick a guy that, you know, showed up on the TV the most. But DiVincenzo has been very, very well. I think he's kind of like what maybe they thought they were getting a few years ago in Della Vadova. Just a quick guard, can shoot, can defend, hustles. Um, that's what they have in him. Now, he's a little banged up right now, too. And they're, you know, that that is an absence they're going to have to deal with. I, I do like their depth regardless, but DiVincenzo has been, it's been surprising to me how well he's fit in and how much they've relied on him, like 20 minutes a night, uh, you know, to start his career. I think that when you look at this team and you look at how they've played and you can talk about the win over Denver, they also beat Denver on the road. And they also beat the Golden State Warriors on the road. So they're, you know, they're battle-tested a little bit. Obviously, the home court advantage is going to help you more than being on the road. But I'll tell you something. If you haven't seen what it's like at their new arena, uh, the Pfizer Forum is a complete, I, I think, game-changer, at least right now. The, the arena opens, so people are still trying to get in for the first time. But also the team's playing very well. And there is a definite buzz for Bucks basketball in Milwaukee. Typically, the Bucks are like third on the food chain uh, in the state of Wisconsin if you don't even include college, and they might be even further behind the Packers, Brewers, maybe college, and then in the Bucks. It's kind of been that way for a long, long time. They're kind of looked at as a city team and not quite a state team, but there are people now making it a point to come from all over the state of Wisconsin to come to Milwaukee Bucks games. People that live in Milwaukee are making sure they get there more. They do want to see the new arena, yes, but this town is absolutely enamored with Giannis, and they're absolutely enamored with the team because they're winning. Anytime you win, that'll do it. I'm at this game Monday night. You know, I have never, ever heard on a Monday night a crowd like that in Milwaukee, especially at this part of the season we're in. So if you can take this Bucks team and you can give them a true home court advantage – and in the third quarter of that game, it definitely helped. I mean, and against the Bulls on Friday night, it helped them come back too. Two games where they go down and then kind of chip away and spark a rally and take a lead, and the crowd is into it. You know, it's that waiting, waiting, waiting. Oh, we took the lead, and it's that moment of euphoria. And then they, with the crowd, they can just hammer it home. So the crowd is sort of a, a hidden secret right now, but I, I do think that it's helping the Bucks here, especially – uh, in these early going. So, I mean, it, it's just a good time to be a Bucks fan. Uh, John Henson hurt. That's the problem. Um, Thon Maker's got to step up and get those minutes, which he only did get four last night. DiVincenzo injury, we hope that's not too long. We'll try to just see how all the pieces fit in and if they can keep this up because it's just been so impressive that their start, if you're a lifelong Bucks fan, and, and with you guys, Timberwolves and Sixers, uh, you know that anytime something good starts to happen, you you just you can't enjoy it because you're waiting for it not to be good anymore because of the history. Yeah. That is the, <laughs> the the Bucks the Bucks own cursed history is really the only thing that's holding them back right now because definitely definitely a worthy contender. Oh yeah, and and they're fantastic to watch. So I'll just ask you one more question and then I'll let you go. And I do appreciate your time here today with me. Um, when you look at this Milwaukee team, the way they're built with Mike Budenholzer, with, with all the pieces that they have, barring major injury to anyone, where do you think this team 
should finish this season. Do you see them going to the NBA Finals, or do you think they're more of a an Eastern Conference Finals team? Because the East is is much improved, in my opinion. You know, Toronto is, is up there. I think Indiana is a better team. Uh, Charlotte's looking to add some pieces. Uh, Boston, when they get everything going, I think will be a good team. Philly is Philly uh, with that trader Jimmy Butler, but we won't get into that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but where do you think this Bucks team should end up? In uh, when it's all said and done this season, you know it's it's hard to to say the words out loud um, because they haven't they haven't won a playoff series as I mentioned since two thousand one. Um, I think Eastern Conference Finals should be the the absolute minimum as a goal for them. I really do think that they are good enough. Well, how do you go from never winning a playoff series and? In 18 years to, I mean, it's got to happen sometime. And I look at a team that the Warriors and Steph Curry was talking about it too, before those guys played, there are similarities. Now were the Warriors with, with clay and Draymond and Steph four years ago, were they better than the Bucks are now with Giannis and Bledsoe and Middleton? Did they have an easier path in the league? I mean, this is all stuff we're going to find out, but what they had was a coach who was kind of in Mark Jackson, who was kind of like, almost pointing the team inward. Mark Jackson was very, you guys come in here, we're going to bunker down. The team is more important than anything. All that outside noise, forget about it. It's us versus the world. Jason Kidd, I think, had a lot of those tendencies too. Budenholzer seems to be a more relaxed guy with these guys, wants them to have fun, knows that that will lead to winning. Kind of like Steve Kerr, where when Steve Kerr got there, he's just like, whoa, I got a pretty good team here. They were way too good to lose in the first round. I'm going to let them be them, and we'll see how far it takes us. Budenholzer comes in here. Hey, this team that Jason Kidd had, they're pretty good. I'm just going to tweak this and move this here and let them go. And so I certainly think that the Eastern Conference Finals, at least to me, that would be a disappointment if they didn't get there. They have to win a first-round playoff series, or, or they never will again. Because, I, I mean, if you don't in 18 years – and you don't with this team, you never will again. Second round could be tough. It kind of depends on the seeding and depends on the draw. I, I do like Toronto, as I mentioned. Boston, I think they can get past. I think they can p- get past pretty much anything else. I still want to see what this Philly product looks like with, with Jimmy Butler, but I don't think that their depth is get that good. So we got to see what kind of moves they might make. I think both of those teams, Bucks and Philly, are going to be angling for Kyle Korver. Could a series between them come down to – the services of Kyle Korver. We'll see. I, I like their chances. And if they get to the Eastern Conference Finals, they're certainly talented enough to get past whoever they face. And with the Warriors, if these struggles are real and the Bucks and the Warriors for only playing twice a year over the last three years, there's kind of been a little bit of a maybe a respectful rivalry brewing. I mean, who knows? It's, the fact that it's not out of the realm of possibility – that the Bucks could win an NBA Finals is beyond belief in and of itself. But I think that it's got to be with this team, and the expectations are increasing with every win here early in the season, I would like to see them in the Eastern Conference Finals at a minimum. Yeah, and I, I think that they'll get there. I really do. That, that should be a, a minimum goal for them. But uh, they've got the pieces, and they, got, and they will have a lot of people behind them because I think a lot of people really like – Giannis and they really like 
what the Bucks bring to the table. And if anybody thinks NBA coaching doesn't make a difference, just look at this Bucks team and look what a guy like Mike Budenholzer did for this team. So, to me, right now, he's the front runner for Coach of the Year, if you ask me, this season. So, we'll see where that gets us. But uh, thanks again, Bart, for jumping on, and we hope to have you back uh, here sooner rather than later. We can talk some more Milwaukee Bucks and catch up with you later on in the season. Why don't you let our listeners know where they can find you on Twitter and uh, – follow you on your podcast and things like that. Yeah, thanks. I'm at Twitter, uh, Winks, thinks, W-I-N-K-S, thinks. And then I, I host what's just called the Winks, Thinks podcast. Uh, you can find that and my show, Chuck and Winkler, on an app called uh, Radio.com. It's part of the Intercom radio network, and all of the stations are hosted on there. So we're out of Milwaukee, 105.7 FM, The Fan. We'll be talking bucks all season long. All right. Well, thanks again, Bart, and I appreciate your time and hope to have you back real soon. Yeah, thanks, man. Sorry to any problem there with the muting. Oh, don't worry about it. I can fix that. No problem. Cool. Yeah, appreciate you reaching out. No problem. Anytime. I'll have you back real soon. Thank you. See you, bud. Bye-bye. And that was my talk with Bart Winkler from Chuck and Winkler Sports Radio 105.7 FM in Milwaukee about the Milwaukee Bucks and the great start they've had so far this season. You still with me, Tim? Um, I was just, I thought you had more to say. I was going to say, you know, the only time I ever thought about uh, Milwaukee was uh, beer and or uh, power tools. (laughs) So it was good to good yeah, good to see a franchise that like you said that has been not a laughing stock but close. Uh, it's good to see them do well. I, I like when well, uh, when teams kind of come ahead. out of nowhere without much hype and are suddenly contenders at the least. Well, maybe not a lot of hype from the pros, but from here at Wide Men Can't Jump, they were hyped very well, much so. We are above season. the pros. Uh, and Indeed. as a side note, the uh, the Knicks held on to beat the Celtics, but barely, only by eight. Uh, the 76ers won. Uh, your Timberwolves are hanging in there. They're only down by three now to Denver. And uh, the end of the game. Yeah, I'm, note, I got it know, on in the background. That maybe cares. The Lakers and the Cavaliers tied at 81 going into the fourth quarter. Yeah, a lot of interesting games tonight. As we wind down, uh, if you were listening, I was going to have my talk with uh, Andy Liu, uh, we'll, we will save that till next week as the show went a little longer in the first hour than I expected. But uh, if you're looking forward to hearing that talk, you can hear it next week here on Wide Men Can't Jump. We're going to talk all things Warriors and a uh, really interesting talk, but we'll save that for next week because we're running out of time here. And I hear my son downstairs cutting a little bit of what we call West Virginia a shine. So go downstairs and check on him but we do want to thank all of our sponsors the law offices of stephen p new at newlawoffice.com wowfreecam.com enclosed where you can use promo code wide promo code wide to get your woman 25 dollars off the the lingerie she's always wanted and you can also visit them at theenclosed.com also blue chew where you can get your first sample for free if you use promo code wide just pay $5 shipping. Get ready for that, boy. Check that out at uh, bluechew.com. Get, get ready for that. Warn the wife. Send the kids out for a few hours. You're going to need the time. 
Yeah, you get the enclosed, and you can get the wife looking good, then you can get the, the blue chew, and you'll be ready to go, my friend. So we at Wide Men Can't Jump. And if you don't have a wife to buy enclosed for, you can buy some enclosed, put it on an inflatable, and uh, visit wowfreecam.com. So there we go. There's no reason you can't buy them for a male. Uh, you can buy them exactly. for yourself. Whatever well, floats your too. boat. Yeah. And if anybody tries Whatever to say shit to you about it, Visit newlaws.com and sue their, sue their ass. Stephen <laughs> B. New will take care of that in a heartbeat. Exactly, exactly. So we want to thank all of our sponsors. You can check out Wide Men Can't Jump all over the Internet. We're all over the place. Where it be Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, iTunes, Pod Paradise, FM Flash, iHeartRadio. Get on there, find us, listen to us, download us, rate the show, five stars. Let us know how we're doing. And uh, check out all the other shows on the Wide Men Network. Tim and I did our football picks for the week the other day, so check that out. We'll have some more shows coming up later on, probably after Thanksgiving. So uh, maybe we might be able to finally get another Sunday Night Roundtable show oh, in yeah. this week. We're hopeful. Fingers crossed hopeful. on that um, one. So. I wanted to just a quick shout-out. I don't want to offend too many of our great listeners in the state of North Carolina. But way to go, Gonzaga. <laughs> yeah, we didn't even get to talk about that. Duke did lose tonight, and uh, so they are beatable. They we'll are hope that beatable. the majority of those fans are Tar Heels fans and not Cameron Crazies. And uh, way to go, Gonzaga. <laughs> well, we'll talk more about, about college basketball as the year goes on. May have to get our old friend Tracy Murray on to talk a little college hoops with us. Oh, yeah, Mr. Up. Murray, great interview he was, an excellent interview. Indeed. He knows his college sports. He works for UCLA, so uh, we might have to bring him back on here soon. I may tomorrow, depending on my mood, I may go live during the football games. Well, there you go. Got that to look forward there's a, to. There's a possibility, so if somebody is bored or, you know, Thanksgiving's not panning out for you, you might be able to call in and talk some football tomorrow. Yeah. Well, it's always Luke. good to look forward to, but... We do want to thank everyone for tuning in. And, Tim, thank you for filling in for Tom, who is at Anytime, work my tonight. And, Tom, thank you out there for working shout hard. Shout out to, to uh, Rom Tomlinson. Rom Tomlinson, our Rom boy. Rom Tomlinson, <laughs> our, our fellow, our man, our connection. Our guy, on, our man on the scene. So uh, we do want to thank you guys for listening. We hope you come back and listen to more, as we'll be back next week with another episode of the flagship program, Tim's Wide Men Can't Score. Check out the sports picks. Get on our Facebook group on Wide Men Can't Jump on Facebook. We can get you in that group. Check us out on Twitter at Wild Jump. Tim's at Tileman68. I'm at MMITM. Nathan Tom's at TR Shock. Follow us. Talk to us. We're nice people for the most part. But, everybody, <laughs> all my American friends, have a great long weekend. Stay out of trouble. Be safe. Don't do nothing stupid. Call, call that Uber. Call that yes, cab, sir. walk, give your keys away, do whatever you got to do. But uh, let's 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 be safe over the holidays so we can uh, that you're all still here when we come back next week. Definitely, definitely. So thanks again for everyone out there listening. We'll see you next time. Hey Tim, is there a little fellow over there that wants to send us home? I don't know. Is there? Little Tr. I don't know. Little Tr. What what the hell you want, Tim? I just watching the football game. Of last week when the Eagles got destroyed. The Eagles got destroyed, Tim. Did you see that? But anyway, I'm out of here quicker than the Eagles. Peace. Thanks for listening to this show 
on the Wide Men Radio Network, blogtalkradio.com slash Jump. You can download this and any other episode from our network at iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Pod Paradise, Google Play, Player FM, and anywhere you find your favorite podcast. This show has been brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com, facebook.com slash makeupkennedy, and wowfreecam.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at WideJump. You can follow us on Instagram at WideMenCan'tJump and on Facebook at Facebook.com slash WideMenCan'tJump. Please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Also, rate the show and tell us how we did. If you love us, please give us a five-star rating. Again, thanks for listening to this episode on the Wide Men Radio Network. Tune in, same time, same place, for the Wide Men Radio Network at blogtalkradio.com slash Wide Men Can't Jump.